today on the Tearsheet Podcast. Well, first, I think customers don't love to read that much about financial literacy. They don't read. So I think an important part of financial literacy is how do you bake it into the product? It has to be contextual, right? Like it's not something else. You don't go somewhere else to do it. Exactly. I mean, people complain all the time about why don't I learn about how to take how, how to file my taxes in high school? And there's if you go online and do one Google search, there's 50,000 videos to help teach you that. <laughs> people just don't really take the time to do it, I think, is the unique piece. So you have to just bake the financial literacy into the product. And for us, we've done that in a couple of ways. One, by building a credit product that doesn't have the late fees or interest. I think just giving people sort of a training wheels credit product that's not going to get you into a cycle of debt or get you into some sort of compounding interest product if you can't pay on time is really important to establish. So that, I think, is financial literacy right there. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast, where we delve into the intersection of financial services and technology. I'm your host, editor, Zach Miller. In this episode, I host Jason Wilk, founder and CEO of Dave, a neobank that leverages staying out of overdraft as a core part of its value proposition. Now, Jason shares insights into Dave's mission, which is dedicated to leveling the playing field by providing free banking services and empowering everyday Americans, especially Gen Z, with access to credit between paychecks. In our conversation, we explore how Dave tailors its offerings to the financially savvy Gen Z demographic, how it harnesses the power of social media, innovative features it offers like Side Hustle, and a commitment to integrating financial literacy directly into its platform. Join us as we uncover the strategies behind Dave's success, its role in the evolving realm of social commerce, and its unique positioning in the financial services landscape. And in doing this, we dive into a conversation filled with perspectives on technology, financial literacy, and the future of banking. Here's our guest, Jason Wilk, CEO of Dave. Great. So who are you and what do you do? Hey, Zach. Thanks for having me. My name is Jason Wilk. I'm the founder and CEO of Dave. Dave is one of the leading U.S. neobanks. We're on a mission to build products that level the financial playing field. At our core, we believe that basic banking should be free for everyday Americans. And we offer our customers a free checking and savings account with no late fees, no overdraft fees, no interest. And we specialize in offering our customers access to credit between paychecks to help them pay for gas and groceries with no interest and no credit check. That's awesome. Welcome to the show. And I'm curious, um, Jason, like, let us know a little bit more about Dave. Like, what percentage of your users are, are Gen Z? So we're nearly half our customers are Gen Z at this point. And I think that's mostly due to how we advertise the business. We're very heavy on social media, influencer advertising, and we really speak to this generation that is not looking for their parents' bank account. They're looking for something that is going to reduce their cost and also give them greater access to things like credit. And so how, how does Dave focus on the specific needs and, and challenges of Gen Z and what features have you found to be most appealing to this generation? So we have quite a few features that really appeal to this audience. And I, I think this audience is one of the most financially savvy of any of our prior generations, given how much financial advice they're getting through social media and places like TikTok. So we feel like the products that we've built are geared very well towards, towards that customer base, starting with our checking and savings account. We have our checking account with no with 4% APY, which most banks never offer any any APY on checking. 
and very minimal on savings. With our customer base who doesn't have a lot of money to set aside for savings, the ability to earn APY on your checking account funds, I think is really totally. important. Secondly, we have a product called Side Hustle, which connects our members to income earning opportunities. This generation is all about how you can make the most of your paycheck and so helping people find jobs at gig economy places, as well as our own homegrown product called Surveys, which helps people take branded survey questions in the app and earn between 10 cents and five bucks per survey to go right onto their Dave debit card. You know and then last, lastly, we have our extra cash product, which is our most popular. And that is our uh, overdraft cash advance product that customers can access up to $500 between paychecks. And we have no interest and no late fees on that. And the underwriting is entirely based on cash flow data. So you don't need to have any kind of credit score to start using it. It also encourages them to use the card essentially to be able to tap into that overdraft, right? Yeah, that's right. It's a great way for us to drive trial of our mm -hmm. card. Most of our members will will use extra cash on their Dave card at some point. And while you can have the flexibility to send that money to an external bank account, that is a, a really unique way that we can drive immediate adoption of our, our debit card. So Jason, one of the things you mentioned was... Um, you feel that some of the success that Dave has had resonating with Gen Z came from the fact that Gen Z was financially literate. Um, and at least they're, they're tapping into um, financial content on, on social media. How about in reverse? How does Dave contribute to improving financial literacy amongst this demographic and what resources or tools do you provide to help them make more informed financial decisions? Well, first I think, Customers don't love to read that read, much huh? about financial literacy. They don't read. So I think an important part of financial literacy is how do you bake it into the product? It has to be contextual, so right? Like it's not something else. You don't go somewhere else to do it. Exactly. I mean, people complain all the time about why don't I learn about how to take, how, how to file my taxes in high school. And there's, if you go online and do one Google search, there's 50,000 videos to help <laughs> teach you that. People just don't really take the time. To do it, I think, is the unique piece. So you have to just bake the financial literacy into the product. And for us, we've done that in a couple of ways. One, by building a credit product that doesn't have the late fees or interest. I think just giving people sort of a training wheels credit product that's not going to get you into a cycle of debt or get you into some sort of compounding interest product if you can't pay on time is really important to establish. So that, I think, is financial literacy right there. Secondly, we help our users understand through financial insights what bills they have coming up that might affect their balance. It always bothered me growing up that my bank, I've been with them for 15 years. They know what subscriptions I have. They know what bills I have coming up. Yet they'd always show me that current balance that I have in my account, which is really an inaccurate view of how much money I have. If I have 100 bucks today, I don't get paid till Friday and have a water and power bill and Netflix bill due between now and then, I don't actually have $100. I have negative mm. 34. And so giving people those insights into their true spending power, I think was a really important thing we've had for many years at the company. And we charge a dollar a month for that, which seems very reasonable to cut out your, uh, your potential overdraft fees or anything else that may cause late fees in your life. So it sounds like you're really encouraging um, learning by doing in a, in a safe environment, like as you said, without taking on debt, without without you know engaging with risky financial products. 
is that how this generation tends to to learn? That's what I think. Mm -hmm. I believe there's just such a wealth of information online to help improve financial wellness that customers, again, aren't reading. They're starting to get some of it through through social media and, and TikToks. I think that's an interesting place for them to learn. We do put out a learning series through our uh, lifecycle teams who are sending out content about New Year's financial goals, tax season, budgeting and savings tips. And I hope customers are reading it. But I think importantly, we're trying to build it into the product. And that's the winning strategy moving forward. That makes a lot of sense. What are some innovative strategies or technologies that you at Dave use to explore to remain relevant and cater to the, the evolving needs of this generation? Well, I think what's really interesting about this audience is that not only are they financially savvy, but they also want everything to happen in real mm -hmm. time. And so we've been investing a lot in our Dave GPT product, which is our customer support chatbot. And I think it's really essential for customers in this day and age particularly for this Gen Z audience, that if someone has a question or a problem that you can get back to them in as close to real time as, as humanly possible. And so building out the AI infrastructure is a really important step forward for us and something we'll be continuously investing in. So you can ask it not just about problems you're having, but even proactive things like how do I save more money or how do I improve my financial health? The, the Dave GPT should be able to come back with some intelligent answers and do it in an instant. Are you finding that um, your customers, wh what role does Dave play? Is it, is it top of wallet? Is it complementary to other bank accounts that they have? I mean, I've seen data that like, you know, the world we live in today, you don't have just a standard single, you know, home base bank account, but you, you use multiple ones. How, how do you see Dave playing a role, I guess, in, in, in your customers' portfolios? It's ultimately our goal to win primacy. Mm -hmm. It's not an easy path to get there. It requires a lot of trial. And we do see what you're talking about to confirm that many customers, they do have multiple accounts. They are stacking different apps to see who can give them the most and who can give the most value. And we also see customers will use multiple accounts just to effectively hide money from themselves in different places, almost like, like an old school. Yeah. 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 It's like a old school envelope system through multiple apps. We'd love to figure out more ways to combine all that behavior into one mm -hmm. app. So you don't need to go put your money in multiple places and you can get access to the credit you need in one destination. So we're cons consistently chipping away at that. We want to be the primary account over time. We recognize it does take time to get there and we're seeing certainly progress on our way there. And I can totally see why you'd want to do that. And I think being able to provide guidance um, and to be able to reflect the true, as you, even the example you gave Jason was of like, where you are in a snapshot of time in, in terms of your balances requires being able to see all these things that are going around you, right? Like you have to be able to see the, the, your users entire financial lives. Exactly. And it makes it harder when money is separated out into multiple accounts. I think customers are creating a lot of friction for themselves and by, by having this multiple account strategy and think if you can have everything that you need underneath one roof, you're in a really good position. So, I want to talk a little bit about social commerce and, and what you think about that. Do you see Gen Z's shopping habits like evolving into more social commerce and, and, and how is Dave preparing for that? I certainly see that, especially with the rise of these AI algorithms on Instagram and TikTok. It's almost like you don't even need to go to Google search anymore. Everything is just served up mm -hmm. to you. 
most of my clothes shopping at this point is done via Instagram because they send me things that are pretty interesting that actually fit my fit my needs. So I think we're in a, a whole new paradigm here where things are going to be sort of pushed to you, not you going out and searching for it. And that will continue to, to be like this as AI uh, continues to improve. And so if for yeah, how, please. go ahead. I was going to ask how how influencer marketing also impacts that because you mentioned you do some of that as well, like aligning yourself with with people who give good financial advice um, embedded into those experiences that Gen Z is having. Like that that seems to me like a good thing for both your customers and for Dave. Absolutely, I think the more financial information that the customer can get through social media, assuming that it's it's actually accurate, is really important. But for us. We're gearing our messaging on social media advertising to something that fits with that financial advice. Customers are consistently hearing about not paying overdraft fees, stop paying minimum balance fees, don't pay late fees, avoid revolving interest debt. So everything we've designed, Dave, around we think fits really well into this rise of social commerce because those messages they're seeing are then reinforced by our advertising that, hey, you can get up to $500 today with no interest and no credit check. You can get a bank account that doesn't have overdraft fees or minimum balance fees, and that tends to work really well with this particular audience, especially as we just launched high APY as well, that you can earn interest on your money in your checking account without having to worry about transferring money back and forth and potentially overdrafting your account. And how do you see, I mean, we've seen a few firms do this, particularly on the payment side, you know, sort of bridge uh, consumers financialize between payments and also shopping. Um, do you see that happening on like sort of, I guess, more core banking, I guess, where, where you guys play? Is there a role for financial services institutions to to help plan shopping, to help finance shopping? How do you see that? We certainly see a lot of overlap with our business and things like buy now, pay later. I think that industry is really interesting to help consumers cut down on the cost of credit. There is the potential downside to it that you're enabling a lot of discretionary spending that customers may or may not have made that purchase if they didn't have that financing option available. But at the same time, I, I do have a lot of faith in the fact that the cost of credit is being drastically reduced because the merchants are the ones subsidizing a lot of the cost of credit. So I think there's something really unique about that. There's also something very transparent about a pay and for type product where customers know how much they owe, they know when the payments are due, and it's not some arbitrary date that a credit card company is going to set when they know you don't get paid. So you only make your minimum balance payment and the rest goes to some sort of revolve. Jason, it's always great talking to you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Zach. Great to see you and hope all is well in Israel.